You are now listening to Teachable Moments with Deja Milan. Welcome back to Teachable Moments with Deja Milan, sponsored by the Adult Film Festival in Las Vegas, Nevada. Today, I have the gorgeous Jasmine Lefleur with me. Hey, Jasmine. Hi, how are you? I am fabulous. How are you? Doing well. It's a beautiful Sunday, even if the allergies are terrible. <laughs> right. I know. So bad. I know. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't smell like an 80-year-old smoker on here. Oh, no, not at all. Okay, yay. So, I think we all have the sexy rasp going. Yes, totally. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Good, okay. <laughs> so tell us a little about yourself, how you got in the business. I mean, you're gorgeous. Obviously, anybody who sees you or knows you, you know, knows that. Um, I got in the business in 2008. Um, prior to that, I was already modeling and acting kind of in entertainment, so... It wasn't too big of a jump uh, to cross over like that. Right. Um, I always admired Hepatia Lee, so I found out where Bud Lee was working, and at the time he was with LA Direct Models, so I set up an interview with them. I didn't know, um, you know, everybody else involved yet, um, so you know, Derek signed me and um, started with them, and, and that went pretty good. Good. Um, but then I had to take a break for a bit, and I came back um, a couple years ago and had my first scene with uh, Brazzers and kind of kept going from there. Awesome. So you've been in it about eight, nine years then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any funny or interesting stories from us being on set or you know anything that you've done? Is there any niche stuff that you shoot or do? Um, well, I work a lot with kink.com. Um, I started working with them last year, and uh, they're a lot of fun. They're actually my favorite company to work for. Okay. Um, but I, I do mostly the dominatrix stuff and, like, the erotic wrestling, so they have a site called Ultimate Surrender. So um, I've started to get really involved with that, and I have a lot of fun doing it because I love girls, so <laughs> it's cool. great. So you yeah. had mentioned before that you were working in a Tarantino production? Yeah. Um, Adam Tarantino is a, is a pretty good friend of mine, and he actually hired me to recreate a scene um, that was dedicated to Hepatia Lee. So, um, you know, it worked out really well, and I got to sign at uh, his booth this year at AVNs. Well, actually, I think it was Model Centro's booth, but he was co-sponsor of it or something. Um, Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then I'm going to be working in one of his upcoming uh, parody films. So that's pretty exciting. And he just got his distribution deal. So I'm happy for him. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Hard work pays off in this industry. And it's, you know, it's not just what you know, but who you know. Yeah, and, and what you put in, you really do get back, you know. So, yeah. 
all that focus and patience, it, it does pay off. Yeah, definitely. So um, tell us a little about your teachable moment. You know, we discussed yesterday, you know, what you want to talk about. And I think it's definitely very touching. I think it's amazing. I think you're amazing. And I think this is something that a lot of people will be able to relate to. So I'm kind of excited to get into it. Well, well, definitely. Um, I guess uh, I could start off with uh, the reason why I had to take a break from the industry. Um, I actually started to battle cancer when I was 19. Mm. Um, started as cervical, but uh, when it came back the second time, it actually had spread to my lower intestine and to my uterus. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and part of that was, was stress, too. I think at the time I was um, in a bad marriage at the time um, and going through divorce. And my mom at that time had uh, went into a coma, too. So it was like everything all at once. Right. So I just took a break from the industry because I just could not focus. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't like the second time around, I didn't really feel that different. And the first time I got diagnosed, I had no clue. It was a, it was a shock. Um, oh, I bet. A- I bet. What, what was the first thing that you thought when they told you? I thought it was a mistake the very first time I got that diagnosis because um, it was stage two. And I was like, oh, they must have mixed up the blood work or the samples, you know. Right, right. Um, so I was sure that when I went back again for more testing that it was going to come back totally good. But no, it, it totally confirmed it. And um, I think that's mm. when it really hit me. And yeah. it's unfortunate, you know, a lot of people in this country do deal with cancer, whether it's personal or it's a friend or another family member. Right. Uh, it's, it's shocking how many people are affected by it. And um, yeah, so when it came back the second time, I, I became more proactive in my health. And um, I started to use medical marijuana, which changed my life because the doctors were just pill pushing. Yes. And the second time around, I did one round of chemo and radiation. And what they don't explain about that is the quality of life that you have right. after you go through those treatments. There's none. There is none, even during. Yeah. Your body never goes back to being the same. It's yeah. taken me years to try to feel normal, and I still deal with a lot of chronic pain. Right. And I'm still very sensitive to certain chemicals. Right. Yeah, the medical marijuana for me, though, really saved my life. Yeah. And just clean eating and being aware of what I'm putting in my body. Right. So the first time you went through it, kind of walk us through, okay, you find out, and then, you know, what do you do? What happens? They put you on the chemo then? Um, not the first time. The first time they said they could just operate on it. So they pretty much removed most of my cervix. And, okay. um, you know, it, it was fine pretty much. They did. They, at first they did a leap. And then after that, they were like, okay, well, you know, we, we should just take out the rest of the tissue that's affected. Right, of course. So I pretty much thought it was the end of that. And it was like, oh, just a little scare, you know. But I'm so young, and I just thought, okay, I'm not affected. Right. You know, it's something I could put behind me. And this was what year? Um, this was back in the first time, I'd say... I think it's 2003 or four. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. So then now, you know, they get rid of all the cancer. They they yeah, remove it. Living. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, how did you find out that it hit, something else had come back? Um, well, the second time, um, I was just under a lot of stress, uh, going through a lot of different changes at that point in my life. Because this was, you know, around uh, 2010, okay. um, I think, when when it really started to, uh, my health started to get bad again. So about six, and, seven years after your first incident. Right, yeah. Okay. So I really thought that, you know, I was in the clear. And, um, you know, like, uh, I just, I, I knew something wasn't quite right, but I couldn't tell if it was stress or, you know, if it was just living because we're not always feeling great 100% of the time. Um, but I went into the, for my regular checkup and she found cancer cells on the little bit of cervix I had left. Um, but I actually moved out of the, the state with that doctor. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to pretend this didn't happen and I'm just going to go to my different doctor. Right. I went to a totally different doctor who um, found the same results. And he was a, a doctor I'd seen for years. Like he was my first gyno. So okay. I knew he wouldn't bullshit me. And Right. The second time, I think it was harder to hear. I really broke down a lot. Um, well, yeah. I mean, oh, my gosh. You just went through that those years previous. They took you through the surgery. They, you thought they removed everything, and then you come to find yeah. out that they didn't. Yeah, and at the time, I was doing um, amateur MMA because, you know, you have to do amateur before you go pro. So I was competing in all these martial arts tournaments. Okay. So... You know, I was really disappointed because it was like I had to stop everything, put my whole life on hold when I was already trying to rebuild it after going through divorce. Right. And, you know, I just, I lived with my coach. He took care of me and, um, you know, helped me get through the cancer. And then, um, you know, once I was able to just get on my feet again, I was gone. <laughs> I just... I moved to Chicago. I got back into modeling. I started to um, study Tantra and, you know, just really changed my whole life and, and rebrand re myself, I guess, in a way. So they, the second time around, they figured it out, found it, and was able to get rid of it? Um, at first, they just did surgery, and then they didn't feel that was aggressive enough. They did, like, a, um, they removed my cervix, and then they... Um, did this treatment on my uterus, but then um, they they said just to be sure they wanted to do you know a round of chemo and then a round of radiation because they didn't feel it was aggressive enough. Oh, okay. Because so, they had two different doctors. I had like the um, a regular oncologist who specialized in female cancers, and then I had a gynecological oncologist. So they were kind of always at war with each other. Right. You know, um, yeah. you know, I'm sorry. I know your mom <clears throat> passed away unexpectedly. You, what was that a month ago? Yeah. 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 Uh, mine passed away in 2011 from doctor's incompetence as well. She, uh, my stepdad had been murdered the year before. 
And, Um, you know, she was, thank you, she was already going through, you know, enough emotionally with him being gone and with everything Mm -hmm. happening. And it was really gruesome. I mean, she came home to his brain splat all over the door, the windowsill. Oh, yeah, it was just, it was not good. And, And so I know that did a number on her psychologically and you know it did me too having to ha- having come over you know after she had already walked in because she had went on a uh, vacation with a friend of hers for like four or five oh. days yeah when it happened That's horrible to come back to that yes and so um so then a year later you know we're going into her treatment and she is an amazing doctor he's actually my pcp right now but oh. Um, the people he sent us to, they put her on these new drugs, um, cancer drugs, and these people were so incompetent. Like, we'd be in the office, and one lady would come in and say, okay, I want you to take these pills with milk. And we'd be <laughs> like, okay. And then five minutes later, some other bitch would come in and say, all right, now no dairy with those. Yeah, uh-huh. It was pretty much the same for me, too. I mean, it's like the left hand doesn't talk to the right, and yeah, you, know, I, you really don't know what these drugs are actually doing. I mean, that was the impression I got. Um, and they didn't know either. Yeah, they don't know. They didn't know nothing about anything, apparently. And, you know, it. she told me right before she died that, you know, she felt like her body was eating itself from the inside out. Yeah, and I yeah, it's it's not a good feeling to be sick like that. No, she was stage four, I think. Oh. Um, yeah. She was like three when they figured it out, but it had got so aggressive that everything she did, like, it didn't matter. And she had, she had prolonged even doing any of the medications because she just really didn't want to do it. And they were like, look, we can save you by 10 years. Well, they killed her in less than 10 months. Yeah. Um, you know, chemo is just not for everybody. And some of these drugs, they, they, you know, everybody reacts differently with cancer. It's, it's, it's a, it's a monster. It really is. It is. Yeah, it is. My dad. On the genetics and your cells, it just reacts so differently in the body. Right. It runs really strong on my dad's side of the family. My dad has like a bajillion things wrong with him but a lot of his is self-inflicted too like I remember when I was a kid he used to smoke like two packs of camels a day (laughs) and you know so now he's got emphysema in one lung you know and and he's just dealing with all kinds of other issues so you know you really we don't realize it when we're young you know but what we do when we're young really does affect us in our old age oh it's true yeah yeah and for you I mean I'm sure you didn't do anything at 19 to bring cancer upon (laughs) yourself you know so I'm sure that that just kind of you know keeps uh blindsided you and and came from you know out of left field and I know that happens to a lot of people you know what would you say to somebody who's just been diagnosed or just found out you know what what would you say to them if they um you know are listening and they're feeling down and are in denial or you know they finally accepted it and they're scared you know what would you say to them as somebody who survived it and went through all these processes I think whatever that anyone is feeling is completely normal because everybody deals with this differently but um pay attention to how you feel how your body feels and it doesn't matter what those doctors say 
you have to do what literally feels right for your body and and for your sanity too, because you have to try to keep a positive state of mind um, as hard as it is to do when you're going through this, whether you're the person going through it directly or caring for someone who is, um, your state of mind really affects a lot of things and the more you can keep that uplifted, the, the easier the process is. Right. And what is, um, what would you say for, say, somebody who has a friend or a family member or a loved one who is going through it, you know, what should they do or not do? You know, because I know a lot of people tend to, like, when my mom passed away, uh, people would give me their condolences, and it would take everything in me to not want to throat punch them, because I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you sorry about? You didn't just yeah. lose your best friend, you exactly. know? So I think a lot of people also, they they shy away from saying anything because they don't know what to say. So what is something that you would say, you know, don't do to, or say to somebody who has just been diagnosed or, you know, who has finally accepted that they have it and they're going through the treatment? Um, I would say don't treat anyone you're, don't treat the person or friend, family member like they're already dead. Like that was the worst thing when somebody would come to visit me and they would just treat me like they're dead, like I'm already dead. And it's like, no, I'm still here. I'm very aware and conscious. Um, Just treat me like normal. Like, right. Don't pity me. But like, just hang out with me. Right. Right. Don't treat me like I'm sick. Right. Yeah, because you always get those people, too, who, the you know, they're not saying anything, but you can just see their wheels spinning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, I'll talk about it. You can ask me questions, but don't treat me like a freak. Like, don't treat me like, you know, a, a sideshow. <laughs> right, right. So how long have you been free of all of that? I made my five-year mark last year so I get to say that I'm cancer free thank god (laughs) congratulations that's wonderful thank you because I know that's a stressful journey it really is and um yeah you know you just do your best yeah that's what we can do right so um you were talking earlier about tantra tell us a little about um you know how you got into that and kind of what you do um, so I always kind of had an interest in Tantra and a little bit of the Taoism and things like that. Um, my father is also Chinese and Pacific Islander, so it kind of runs on his side, um, all that kind of stuff. But energy, you know, has always, always been into like physics and energy is a big part of that. Yes. And, um, that's what Tantra is. It's all about harnessing that that sexual energy and, and healing with it. Right. And also, you know, you improve your sex life uh, greatly with it because you're just aware of what your body is, you know, doing and capable of. Yes. Like, like I didn't realize there is actually like five different female orgasms and, you know, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. And, and I'm still learning. Um, I just signed up for the course where I'll be certified. It takes two years to get it. Um, but I'm really excited about that. That's wonderful. What, what, um, I know you say it was, you know, within your father's, um, you know, DNA and, and what the, Pacific Islander and the Asian people, you know, are into. 
Um, but what, what like put you into it? What and in, who introduced you to it? Um, it was really just self-interest cause I've always been a sexual person and, um, I always, um, I'm, I'm, I've always had an interest in the BDSM and a big thing with the BDSM is power exchange. It's that exchange of energy. So, um, I was like, you know, I, I want to do something that's more sexual specific. So Tantra seemed pretty natural. And, you know, when I had the downtime, I, I looked into it and started to actually practice with, um, with people and, um, found that it was very effective and you could really do a lot of things with it. Um, one thing that, that kind of stands out to me was, um, I won't name names. No, but you don't have to. There is a, um, I'll say a patient and he, um, had, he had an inverted penis. Um, oh, and wow. you know, that's a, that's a big medical, uh, issue and, right. it's a and a lot of guys feel ashamed about that. Right. I was able to show him how to ejaculate for the first time in his life. And he was so excited. I mean, I mean, not like that, grateful. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. He like, he cried, he hugged me. And, you know, I told him like, you know, how he could get on a schedule about ejaculation. And, you know, it takes a lot to make up semen. Like it's one cup of blood to make up that little teaspoon of semen <laughs> oh I didn't know that yeah it's, it's interesting just crazy. like I, I didn't know that until I started to study right and you know it, it can be really healing for a lot of people and I, I definitely enjoy that and I even throw it into some of the BDSM that I do so yeah and it's definitely a huge energy transfer like, yeah, it really is. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I do too, but only with certain people. You can't have somebody who sucks off all your energy no. or somebody who's not <laughs> no. focused enough to enjoy it. Because then they're looking at you like you're stupid and they're like, yeah. what are you doing right now? Like, this is doing nothing for me. <laughs> it's like, cause mm -hmm. you're exactly. not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to turn off. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're way turned on right now, you know, not not sexually, but just uh, mentally, you know, yeah. I need you to shut down here because, yeah, I've, I've kind of branded my own form of Tantra and um, cool. yeah, it, we I started out I like on Pandora, you know, the um, radio station Pandora. Yeah. So I will turn on either Shinto or Kitaro. Mm -hmm. their station one of the two um the kitaro is more relaxed and like chimey asian music and the shinto is more like the upbeat yeah yeah so it just depends on <laughs> what yeah it's really cool it just depends on what mood i'm in you know at that time yeah. and i like to turn the lights off light candles you know something not super fragrant because you don't yeah. want it to permeate the entire room, but you want just that light scent, just enough to, you know, tantalize the senses. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then I just, you know, I either cover their eyes um, with either a towel or a blindfold or just something comfortable. You know, you make it a light, comfortable experience, you know, because it's definitely an experience. When people say, well, tell yeah. me about Tantra, it's like, I can't do that. That's like asking me to tell you about my trip to Disneyland. Like, it's, a, <laughs> it's an experience. <laughs> you got to go through it yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it's true. 
Yeah, so then, you know, I tell him, I start talking to him, and I'm like, you know, when you do Tantra, it's about turning off certain senses that heightens others. So I want you to just completely clear your mind, not think about anything, which is really hard for most people to do, especially professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're Like, constant. the busier they are, the harder it is for them to turn off their brain. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, once you give them a couple minutes, they can usually, you know, get into it. But then I'd have, when I used to do private um, sessions like that with people, because you know there's no sex involved. So, right. um, um, you'd get the guys that'd be like, um... Are you going to touch me or anything? <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. And they totally missed the point. Right. Within two minutes, I'm like, I won't have to touch you if you just listen to what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I started to do an interview process for that reason alone. Because right. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I had a, um, when I, uh, Stevie's Secrets uh, used to have a club in Phoenix. So when I was featuring, um, you know, talking about the fetish stuff, I'm a known foot dom. Um, nice. I'm, I'm more dominating on um, in like my professional life. Mm-hmm. Well, personal too, because I'm a single mom. I'm independent. You know, I, I own all these businesses and stuff. And so I'm and I don't have any help. So I'm kind of made to be dominating you right. know, whether I like it or not. So it's nice to um, when I'm in my personal time, it's nice to have somebody I can be submissive to. Mm-hmm. I, I totally understand that. Yeah, because for those few hours, you know, I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to do anything. You tell me what to do. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, you get that nice balance and it's fun and sexy and it's great. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I'm featuring as TV Secrets and at night, but then during the day, I would do foot sessions, you know, from my hotel room or whatever. So I get, you know, most guys who are into foot fetish, like they know there's not even nudity involved. It is right. just well on my part, you know, what I'm saying it is solely just about the my feet. So mm-hmm. I get I get this guy that comes in and he's like, um, "Well, I told you on the phone I like to eat pussy," and I said, "And I told you that's oh. great, you know, good for you, <laughs> you know." I, I wow. mean, yeah, this and I also told you this was just about footwork, and I don't know what his deal was. I don't know if he was like a cop or if he was just a really weird person or whatever who just couldn't yeah. couldn't comprehend what they were being told. Or was in so much denial that, you know, something like this could possibly even happen. They, like, blew a socket. <laughs> right. So he's like, um, I said, I told you, I'm just here for foot worship. I don't do anything sexual. And he's like, well, this is just weird, and I'm uncomfortable. I was like, then you oh, need God. to leave. Yeah, then you need to leave because now you're making me uncomfortable. You know, guys like that, I, I seriously want to just tie them up and beat the snot <laughs> out of them. I want to take my cane, and I just want to cane them till they're bloody. <laughs> and put your feet in their face. <laughs> oh, you don't like feet here, bitch. <laughs> Suck on my toes, you little whore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some guys, they just don't get it, you know, and it's a whole lifestyle, and it has nothing to do with sex. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, there are sexual components for the person with the fetish, you know, but not the person who is, um, 
you know, the yeah. through not the dom. And I actually I had never really um other than in my professional life, I'd never really been introduced to anybody who was into foot stuff until this guy that I had dated and I didn't even know, like, okay, we dated in my late teens for mm-hmm. quite a while and then we lost contact and then years later we came back into contact. And I didn't know that he had a foot fetish like that entire time. So that for me, at first it was like surprising because, well, not surprising, but it was just, it was different for me because all the foot stuff I had done was all professional. Yeah. So now I'm adding this private component here and I'm just like, whoa, wait a minute. So it took me back for a second, but then I let myself get into it. And the sex would be incredible. Like we'd be in a missionary position and he would be sucking on my toes. Mm-hmm. You know, while he was Yeah, going. when you're doing it with a partner, it is really amazing. It's like Erotic. it does add something like a whole nother component to yes. the relationship. Yes, definitely. It was great. So what do you um what do you like personally? What are you into? What what have you <laughs> being caught off guard with or surprised about um so I actually love having I love being a foot dom um I love having my feet touched massaged played with toes sucked the works right you know um that's definitely a thing for me um I find myself to be a switch so while I like some spanking and choking I also like to be on the other end where I'm doing some pegging or fisting, things like that. Um, okay. It's just the reactions I'm getting from the submissive or my bottom right. that just really turn me on. And right. I don't know. It just does it for me. I don't know why. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's great. Um, so are you working on any current projects now or anything? Um. Yeah, uh, me and KCT Girl are going to be starting our own uh, pansexual website, and um, so we're excited about that. Uh, describe, and, and describe, define pansexual. Uh, everything goes, is what I'll say, because I identify as pansexual, so okay. I have sex with men, women, and I will have sex with trans, okay. whether they are male to female or female to male. Right, Okay. So you're just very, very open-minded. You don't find yeah. more open-minded well, than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's something I enjoy personally. And, um, you know, Casey, she's a really great person. And she's been with Groovy on the production and uh, technical side. So we are going to be working on that site. And um, that's pretty cool. And that's then, wonderful. Actually, Groovy um, submitted some amazing films to my film festival. Ooh, I yes. can't watch. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've got, it's really cool. They've, they've got, so they put out some very, very quality things. Yeah, over the Definitely. years, I mean, they really get better and better. I'm, I'm really happy with their company. Yeah, definitely. So, um, what what is your focus of the website? Like, you know, you say pansexual, so like anything goes. But is there a particular? Um, yeah, mostly we're gonna have T girls with uh, genetic girls or 
threesomes with, you know, a, maybe a tea girl and a guy and a genetic girl. So, you know, just yeah. nice scenarios, though. But um, right. nothing, nothing really crazy. It's just the, you know, kind of the pansexual lifestyle, I guess. But just kind of showing it more like a positive, sexy way. I mean, the, the scenes will definitely be hardcore. Um, but I want to film them in more of a cinematic style. Okay. That's, so yeah, great. that's great. What, 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 what equipment do you know? Uh, have you seen the equipment that you guys are going to be using? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that our camera, we have a Nikon and a Sony. And we have another Nikon. Uh, so two Nikons and a Sony. And then we have a bunch of lights and different programs. Um, I'm definitely not the technical person. I just know that it'll get the job done. <laughs> right. Uh, that, you know, it'll work good because we've already shot with some of the equipment, just uh, small clips for my website. Awesome. So. And what is your website? Uh, my website is www.jasminelafleur.com. And spell um, that for them. J-A-S-M-E-E-N-L-E-F-L-E-U-R. Okay. Awesome. And I want to ask you, are you or are you going to shoot or get into the whole virtual reality thing? Um, I possibly will. I'm definitely not writing it off. Um, I know I'm going to be shooting a scene coming up with Archangel. And I think they might have talked about the possibility of using some of that. So have it might seen, be there. Have you seen any of the VR stuff? Did you see it at AVN? Um, I did, and it was pretty cool. It was it's different, incredible. You know? Yeah, we. Yeah. Um, I was at King's Entertainment booth passing out flyers for the film festival, and you know, helping them um, sell some of their stuff because he not right. only has a production company, but he also sells all kinds of like pornophilia and stuff. And yeah. so, um, right across from us was one of the VR booths, and it was just Ooh. yeah, incredible. <laughs> I took the the glasses and put them on, and it was the whole 360 experience. I mean, that is just it was amazing, and I had heard about it before, yeah. but you know, I guess until you experience it, you don't really know. Exactly, it's like people could tell you about it. It's almost like the Tantra, but you have to experience it and then you can really appreciate it. Right. Oh, so you had said that you were going to, you know, it takes two years to get certified for Tantra. What classes do you have to take or do they have like Tantra school or, you uh, know, for people listening who want to get into it? Yeah, the, the, the site that I went through was the Tibetan Master's program, I think is what they call but it's, it, you know, it's, it fills up fast. Um, you have to sign up early. Right. Like, I'm not actually starting it officially until um, next year, but I'm taking some additional pre-courses that, you know, kind of lead into that. Cool. Um, just so I could be doing something. Right. Stay productive. And, um, <laughs> I'm yeah. the same way. Yeah, I got um, pregnant in 2008 unexpectedly, had my son in 2009. Is that the son that I met at the barbecue that day? No. Um, oh, no, no, no. That was my friend Miguel. That was my Miggy. Oh, that's right. That was the older gentleman. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I do. I have a 21-year-old. I have two 21-year-olds and a 7-year-old. Wow. So, um, yeah, my 21-year-old was actually at the first AFFLV. Him and his girlfriend was there working the, the front um, registers for wow. me. Yeah, but um, 
he, um, so I get pregnant and I'm like, oh, great, because I find out I'm seven months pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I have three months because I have PCOS and endometriosis. So my body, you know, you know how weird it is. Yeah, it's very painful. But I'm so sorry. Yeah, thanks. But anyways, so I find out they have three months to have a baby. Talk about shock. So I know when you said you were in shock, I've totally experienced the whole shock thing. (laughs) You know, even imagine hearing that. Right. Yeah. So, um. Now, I have him, but I'm like you. I've got to be productive in some way. So I waited till he was, like, two, and I went to beauty school, and I'm now a licensed esthetician. Nice. Yeah, so um, I'm certified for skin care, makeup, and all that good stuff. I've had bad skin my entire life. Um, I had acne since I was five. Oh, my God. Yeah, leading into my late teens, which at the time I had eczema as a kid, too, but I had no clue that um, I even had eczema. I was just part my the acne was so bad, like that when I would have an eczema breakout, you know, I just thought it was part of the acne. Yeah. And so um, it wasn't until my early 20s that my skin actually started to clear up. And I've done like hundreds of microdermabrasion treatments and uh, TCA peels. And just like I've lately done the IndyMed um, laser treatments. And they're very safe. I've waited my entire life for this to be um, developed. And IndyMed is incredible. You can actually use it on any skin type. Wow. Yeah, and so um, yeah, for some me, of these lasers are amazing that they're coming yeah. out with. Yeah, as long as you, I go to. I'm an esthetician, but I have my own esthetician at a med spa. Um, That's awesome. You got to be very careful, like who you go to. Like a lot of these, just regular spas or just regular places will open up and be like, "Yeah, I'll give you a microdermabrasion," you know. But yeah. I, <laughs> but I can't tell you what number like, on the Fitzpatrick scale you're on, or you know. So it's just like, yeah. and it's so annoying for me. I have to find my filter when I go into like a Macy's or a Dillard's or Neiman's or Nordstrom's to buy my makeup or some skincare products. And I'm asking the lady, you know, different questions. And they look at me with these big eyes, you know, like deer in headlight because they don't know the answer because at the end of the day, all they are is a salespeople. They're not professionals. Yeah, and they just want to push their product on you. Right. And so it, you know, it it takes a lot in me to just not say anything and just, you know, be gracious for the answer that I did get and, you know, move on. So, yeah, I understand You're about me. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I pretend I don't speak English when you start <laughs> on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It so It bit me in the ass once when I was in New York. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh, I think the lady who uh, spoke to me, she spoke like five different languages because oh, she damn. went through Spanish, French, Dutch, <laughs> right. uh, Russian, and some other language. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I just have to say I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> In the language I just told you, <laughs> I didn't speak. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I can't really think of it too much else. Um, I don't want to. 
Oh, okay, um, no problem. Um, when are when do you guys plan on launching the site? We should be able to launch the site in October, I uh, think. Okay, and what? Where should people go once you do? Um, you know, I'm not even sure because oh, they haven't come up with a domain just, or company name yeah, or anything. She yeah, okay. just uh, went through the list that we had, so I'm not sure which name she was able to get with the um when she bought the website. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, that totally makes. We sense. have already shot a few scenes for it, so we're already gathering up our content, and that's those wonderful. Were a lot of fun to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love production. I'm. I'm a producer, executive producer myself. Yeah. I absolutely love being behind the camera, um, and running the camera too. I always run camera A on my productions, and then my other ones do camera B or C nice. or whatever. Yeah. I um. Am I going to see some of your films, too, in the film festival? You know, I had thought about it, but we have so many in the queue. I don't know if there would be time or whatever. But I do it's actually on my YouTube plate. channel. On my YouTube channel, there is um, an episode up that I shot at the Erotic Heritage Museum. And I'm thinking my YouTube channel is Adult Film Festival... LV. I'll have to look that up and send that over to you so you can check it out. But um, yeah. yeah, and we um, I shot because I didn't want to shoot just traditional porn, you know, like you, I wanted to do something that was different and niche and something that the industry was lacking. So yeah. I shot um, a few episodes of what I called Exposed Las Vegas. And we go into different venues or events. And we show people the behind the scenes. So, like, when I went to the museum and shot the museum, they were my first episode of Exposed. Uh, my friend uh -huh. Ogino, uh, he did the music. He's an amazing uh, artist from the Virgin Islands. And he's worked with, like, so. Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Um, he has a song with, um, it's called So Long. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, Verse Simmons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's worked with him. I mean, he's worked with really big names. He's working on his own movie right now called For a Fee. And I'm really excited to see that. It's, it's going to be pretty. Cool. I, yeah, everything this man touches just turns to gold. And he has nothing but my utmost respect. I was in his one um, video called Pilates, actually. That's how I met him. Okay. Yeah, a photographer friend of mine had introduced us, and I was in his music video or whatever. So that's how we got started, and I was like, you know what? You're awesome. And, you know, when I'm in, I'm a wallflower or a corner flower. When I'm in a group of people that I don't really know, and some of the, like, we'll call them video vixens that were there. Yeah. <laughs> it weren't very nice. So I just kind of, you know, shied oh, off to yeah. myself. And so... um he came up to me, you know, later on in the production, later on in the day, and was like, hey, I noticed that you're over here by yourself. I mean, he was cool. He didn't know me from anybody. He didn't have to. He was the artist. You know, he was the man yeah. of the hour. So he totally, being down to earth and being who he is, came up to me, tried to make me feel comfortable. It was just, just super Aww. nice. And, you know, I will forever appreciate that and respect that, you know, most definitely. All these basics running around people me. people are that way, you know, because we're all human. And it's not like anybody's really better than anybody we're all connected right and we all have to share this earth and it's like if we could just all be like you know kind of like get along and, and be social that'd yeah. be great exactly <laughs> so I the first episode I shot was at the museum and Dr. Victoria 
um, you know, she runs it. I actually used to shoot for yeah. her when she did Necro Babes when I was shooting decades ago. Oh, yeah, she ran oh. Necro Babes. So her and I have been friends for a very long time. And um, so she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And she, you know, after doing that, then she went and got her degree or degrees, I should say. And then she started, you know, running the Erotic Heritage Museum, uh, yeah. which, which, as you know, hosts the Adult Film Festival. So um, she went around at that time and explained to the viewers, you know, what each exhibit was. So, I mean, if you get a chance, it's really an amazing informational you know um episode and the museum is so changed from when i shot that to now they've changed out so many different so if you watch what it was two years ago and then you go see it now there's so many new and fun and exciting and different things it's just it's incredible and then and then it was about two years ago that i was there too okay yeah oh you already know then how awesome it is yeah, um, I went there to actually see the Puppetry of the Penis show, oh, okay. which was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I've definitely heard a lot. I think everybody's heard about it. In fact, You'll it laugh until your face hurts. <laughs> it was so funny when, when, she, when she first brought them in and they put up their billboards all over town. Mm-hmm. She was getting phone calls from people left and right cussing her out. Oh, my God. And all really? it said was words. It wasn't even pictures or, you know, wow. fruit. Yeah, exactly. She's like, Deja, I just, I'll let like, girl, find your filter. You have to find your filter with these people because you got to <laughs> put that, you know, professional face forward and let that shit roll off yeah. your back, you know. But, yeah, she was really annoyed that people would actually take their time out to contact her for some bullshit, you know. But, you know, people in a yeah. day don't have better things to do, I guess. It always shocks me how upset people get over sex, you know. I feel like it's it's almost been demonized and right. you know, what no matter what you believe in, we're meant to be sexual beings yeah, on I this that, earth. Yep, I say that all the time too. That <laughs> we were made that way, you know, embrace yeah, it. Like nothing's wrong with it. Yeah, embrace it's it. Right. Cuz at the end of the day, you have you to please. Nobody else. (laughs) Exactly. So healthy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We we were actually talking about that yesterday in my interview. The um the health benefits of um of sex and stuff. Yeah. And um so then the second episode of Exposed that I shot was at the Hustler Club. Ooh, how was that? That was incredible because Leo was running it at the time, which I miss Leo so much. He moved to Mexico to open up their 144,000 square foot in Tijuana uh, club. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but everybody misses him. Like, the, it's just so different now. And a lot of the girls that were his top girls, like, they quit and went to the places when he left, unfortunately. You know, but Hustler is still an amazing club. It's an amazing brand. And, and, you know, um, Harry Money, who owns Hustler, also owns the Erotic Heritage Museum. So I have, you know, nothing but the utmost respect for him and his 21 businesses that he has just in Vegas alone. (laughs) You know, the man is a genius. Definitely. So they took us down in the basement. And I think the coolest part was not only listening to Leo, you know, tell us about his life story, but he took us in the freezer and pulled out the half million dollar bottle of rosé oh yeah (laughs) and so that was because it's it's actually covered in gold it's like 14 karat or 24 karat gold or something like that yeah 
And so um, <clears throat> he pulled that out and showed everybody. And I actually had my anti-Valentine's Day party in 2015, right before my the first film festival. Um, I had my anti-Valentine's Day party upstairs at Fuso. Fuso is a oh, beautiful nice. club. Yeah, it's absolutely that's gorgeous. That's part that's, uh, the, the, like, that's got the balcony and everything, right? Yes, yes. You can look at every... Faces the strip, and it's just... Yeah. Amazing. So if you guys are in Vegas and you get the chance, Hustler's a 75,000 square foot three-story club. The club Fuso on top is, I know, always available for um, events, just like the Erotic Heritage Museum. And, yeah, it's definitely just an awesome time. So check out my YouTube. I will um, send that over to you. It's Adult Film Festival LV is yeah, my channel. Yeah, please do. I'll, I'll check yeah. it out, and I, I want to see your stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. It's, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm, do, you have, do, you, blah, blah, blah. do you deal with any of the editing in your stuff? Like, do you pre-edit or anything, or do you just um, leave I'm that up? I'm learning, to... oh, okay. but uh, I'm not natural at it yet. I'm not really great. I uh, hate editing. Frank it is Fetish so tedious. He edits a lot of the video that oh, okay. gets Wonderful. Yeah. I, I do all my pre-edits and then I let my master editors come in. I'm like, okay, you guys already know what I want. You know, it's just, yeah. but I'm such a perfectionist. Like I have to go through frame by frame by frame, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to make sure every single frame that's, you know, half a second <laughs> is absolutely yeah. perfect. You exactly. know, and Cause I'm just sitting there while they're editing and just right. to like kind of oversee and just right. make sure everything's Perfect. And the way you visualize it. That's the, uh, you yeah. know, editing is so important. People don't realize that, you know, you can shoot stuff all day long. But if you don't put your vision into action through editing, people aren't going to see what the point is that you're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, so, but, yeah, I, I think you'll enjoy um, the episodes and stuff. Um. I just want to say thank you again for your time. It was amazing talking to you. And thank you, Deja. I really appreciate everything, the interview, and just having me at uh, Diamond Lou's booth. And yeah. I'm super excited. So. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're really excited. And next year, yeah. I, I have an announcement for everybody, but I can't say anything yet because I don't like to speak on things until I know it's 100% for sure. But I've got some really... Uh, yeah amazing things happening next year so yay okay <laughs> well That's great and thank you to our listeners and again this is the gorgeous jasmine lefleur and they can find you where um on twitter at jasmine lefleur or instagram jasmine lefleur or my website uh www.jasminelefleur.com Fabulous. You have a great evening, baby doll, and I will talk to you later.
Thank you for listening. We hope you learned something from this teachable moment. Join us next week for more moments like this. Yeah, baby.